Thank you very much. Appreciate that. I uh, want to say it's been a blessing to be able to hear different people as they talked. Uh, and we just commit each of you into the Lord's hands this, as we wait out this period. And hopefully soon we will be able to gather back together again. This morning I'd like us to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Give you time to get there. 1 Timothy chapter 6. This being the last part of the letter written to Timothy, Paul is giving some uh, a little review, but also uh, some exhortation to Timothy. And it's, I think it's well worth us to look at this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1. Let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. And those who have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. If anyone teaches otherwise, do not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. He is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out, and having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But for those who desire to be rich fall those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, 
to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. This morning I'd like to consider some of the words that, that Paul has written to Timothy, but also to give you a little insight on Timothy. Scholars think Timothy was born in 17 AD to a Jewish mother, Eunice, and a Greek father. It is believed that Eunice and her mother, Lois, were saved during Paul's first missionary journey. They lived in Lystra. Church history states that Timothy died in 97 AD, which made him 79 or 80 years old, somewhere in Macedonia while preaching the gospel to a procession giving honor to the goddess Diana. The people got angry and beat Timothy and then stoned him to death. Acts 14.1 tells us, Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews, and so spoke that a great multitude both of Jews and of the Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore they stayed there a long time speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews, part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities Lyaconia, and to the surrounding region. And they were preaching the gospel there. Now Lystra was about 19 miles south of Iconium. These cities were located in what is called Turkey today. The story continues, though, in Acts chapter 16, verse 1. Then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed. But his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. Now Timothy did travel with Paul, but when the letter was written of 1 Timothy, he was in Ephesians, and first chapter of 1 Timothy tells us that, verse 3. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, 
from a good conscience and from sincere faith, from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. Now let us return back to First Timothy chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 11 and work our way on down from there. Verse 11, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. As we read in Acts 16, when Paul returned to Lystra, Timothy had already become a believer, was already held in high regard for his faith. The term man of God is used in the Bible, not glibly, but in a way as to one who is a prophet or a messenger of God. Paul is giving him affirmation of what he already knows. What is Timothy to flee from? Well, in the letter, many things have been laid out. Apostasy, greed, blaspheming, drunkenness, and things that cause strife and division in the assembly. Instead, Paul encourages him to pursue. Now, where have we heard those similar words before? Oh, the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. I think I remember the youth singing this song for a group, for the group a few months ago. Of course, it is you know, the fruit of the Spirit. Are we pursuing the fruit of the Spirit? Well, in a way, yes. The Holy Spirit now dwells in us, but we need to daily pursue these things. Verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith, laying hold on eternal life, to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul had already laid the groundwork for this verse in chapter 1, in verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith, have sh suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, it is not often that we look at life as warfare, but if we, as we have seen in recent days, believers are facing severe attacks here, even in the United States. We've not only experienced shootings in churches, but also recently the denigrating of the work of Samaritan's Purse in New York City, even to the point that we are having to meet this way instead of being open, meeting openly, so that maybe some will come into our midst and hopefully experience our love for one another. Uh, it's hard over electronic means to really show the world that we love one another. Hopefully we can get back to meeting soon.
together. As Paul continues, he reminds Timothy and us that after salvation is eternal life, even though we are still in bodies that experience infirmities. God, being eternal, already sees us as those that have everlasting life. No matter what happens to us here, we know that eternity awaits us. Yet, while we were, are still on this earth, spiritual warfare is ever-present. Are you ready? Be encouraged. God is in control. History does tell us that Timothy ended his life strong, still preaching that the uh, Lord Jesus Christ is the only way. Verse 13. I urge you, this is chapter 6, verse 13. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. Do we consider daily that we are in the sight of God? It is easy to say that we know that God is omniscient and omnipresent. But do we live our lives that way? Do others know where we, are, where we stand in life? Paul reminds us that even our Lord faced death on the cross. He still gave a good confession, as we were reminded a few weeks ago. Even Pontius Pilate proclaimed that he found no fault in this man, and yet sent him out to die on the cross. Death on the cross was capital punishment, reserved for the vilest offenders. Yes, we know that it was God's ultimate plan that this happened. But Jesus bowed to the will of God instead of calling 10,000 angels to rescue him. Verse 14. That you keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing. We are encouraged to these, keep this commandment. What commandment? I think Paul's letter to Corinth says it best. 1 Corinthians 15.1 Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. We may not look at on this as a commandment, but remember at the end of Matthew, we are admonished to go out into the world and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. May our message to the world also be without spot. May we all say and do, may all that we say and do 
be in accordance with the word of God, looking forward to his appearing. Verse 15, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is blessed, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Many in the past have proclaimed that on such and such date, the Lord is coming back and have faced ridicule and disappointment. It is in God's knowledge and only his when this will take place. Yes, with all that is happening in the world today, it seems that his return is imminent. But remember that the church has faced many trials over the centuries. We need to give the message out as if his return is soon, but live as if it is yet far away. Some have gotten so caught up with dates that they sold everything, gave the money away, and went to a high mountain so that they would be that much closer to him when he returned, only to experience shame when it did not happen. May we not be so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. May our lives reflect that as verse 15 points out that Jesus is blessed, our sovereign, King of kings and Lord of lords. Verse 16. Who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. In Deuteronomy, God reveals himself to the nation of Israel as a self-existent, eternal one, your supreme ruler, the faithful Almighty, when he said, Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God. In this letter to Timothy, once again we see that God alone has immortality. He is the only one that can grant access to himself. He is unapproachable without his permission. Sometimes that's hard to, to put our mind around that, that in order to be with God, we need his permission. But he is the creator, and as such, is the only one to be revered. Yet, because of his love toward us, and may, remember, in, many times in Deuteronomy, God expressed that he loved people. He loved the nation of Israel and wanted to see them bettered, not because of what they had done, but because of him. Also, we remember that John 3.16 says, God, For God so loved the world, loved the world, us, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And it's this love toward us. He has made a way that will give us everlasting life and entrance into his eternal realm.
As mentioned earlier, Timothy showed us that he did remain faithful in spite of all the turmoil and and that went around him. The he was uh, went at one time. We know he went spent time in prison. We don't know well all the things that he suffered. But he fought the good fight of faith, and he finished his race strong, continually delivering the good news of Jesus Christ. May we be encouraged today ourselves to do that very thing, even when we can't be together with one another. But we still interact with people. May our lives be a witness to him even stronger today than they ever than it ever has been. Shall we pray? Father, thank you again for this time together. May your word and not my words truly speak to our hearts and draw us closer to you. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. And because of that, a way had to be made for us to be able to spend eternity with you. And that only way was through your Son and the death on the cross. And we know it didn't end there because you raised him from the grave and now is in heaven with you. We look forward to that time, Lord, when we will spend eternity to you. But may our lives reflect you while we are here, still here on this earth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.